I know, everybody hates me, it's fine. <laughs> Alright, here we go. This is uh, Tower After Hours, episode three. Kind of getting right into it. Um, we have Alyssa. Say hi, Alyssa. Hello. We have Kimber, who's on our maiden voyage. Hi! <laughs> She's so excited! <laughs> She's very excited. I'm so excited. And then um, Kelly. Hi. And I'm Mike. Um, so we have a bunch of topics um, that we're going to go over um, having to do with all kinds of things marketing. So, um, Alyssa, what you got? My, um, my topic revolves around Facebook and video. So Facebook released yesterday um, during their quarter four earnings call that their users are now watching 100 million hours of video daily, which is insane. I don't think that's all users. I think that's just me watching videos of people making recipes really fast. Which are so relaxing to me. And when I cook in my own kitchen, I feel like I need to do everything. So I'm like, why is this taking so long? It should literally take me 30 seconds. What are they, sped up? Yes, they're sped up. They have the ingredients come over top of them. They're probably so quick to record because there's no, like the only audio is music. So I think that's me, just I'm a million hours a day watching tasty videos. So (laughs) in light of that, I know in some blog, either late last year, early last year, I think it was like January of 2015, we said that it was going to be the year of video. Mm -hmm. I think it was true, but I I think it's actually now at a point that it's into play and more people are, are kind of wondering how to do it. Um, so, and that's social videos alone. It's also videos on mm-hmm. your website. Com- well, not necessarily commercials, but could be commercials. And I guess the biggest question that we get a lot is, and we ask ourselves, is how can we produce these videos to share on social media and how can we produce them quickly and in an inexpensive way? I think a lot of people shy away from videos because they're still envisioning like scouting a location and Mm -hmm. bringing in lights and needing actors and being being very professional. And it's, it's so much different than that. I think these, especially with the social videos and not that you're using Vine to create them, but the advent of Vine and the little, you know, seven, 15, 30 second snippets. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of like grassroots for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, homemade. Yeah. And I think that that is the trend, and I think that that helps people. I mean, I think that pe- makes people feel a little more at ease. Like, right. I could I mean, easily... everything has its purpose. Yeah. I mean, commercials will still be these big, you know, grandiose things that need to be done. But, you know, we were, we were talking with a client yesterday, and we were trying to say that there are just multiple stages of different kinds of videos mm-hmm. you can do. Vine would probably be the lowest mm-hmm. yeah. and then the commercial would be the highest. But, <clears throat> you know, we were saying that, you know, we probably going up the scale, we could shoot with an iPhone. I mean, right. they're even shooting modern oh, yeah. family episodes with an iPhone, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And you can edit it right on your phone too. Um, another thing is um, what they're calling low graphics, um, which are basically just kind of... <clears throat> I'll just say moving, breathing um, PowerPoint presentations, um, and you can do that, and you can, and those are you know more inexpensive. Um, you're dying to say something. Go ahead. No, I was okay. just gonna say. 
I'll let you finish your thought. I'm not going to jump in. I was just going to say, we're, we're doing it right now for a client. Um, we, you know, we went over to their offices. We picked up a ton of their product. Yeah. And what we're doing now is we're just um, photographing um, the product um, on textured backgrounds in yeah. cool locations. And we're going to use um, Maddie, um, our social media specialist, um, did a blog post recently about... Um, these really cool video and mm-hmm. photo apps that you can download. And, you know, we're going to be using several of those to kind of, for lack of a better word, it's like DIYing right. these social yeah, videos. Absolutely. But I also think it's important. Like, yeah, they're probably easy. You can do them DIY. Mm-hmm. However, you should still be very mindful of setting your purpose. Oh, absolutely. I think there's yes, still... your content of the video. And so I, I feel like that's probably the fine line between producing a video just to do it and absolutely. to have videos and producing a video that's actually meaningful and accomplishing something. Yeah, you have to have a concrete strategy still. Right. Behind everything that you do. As with anything else, even though it seems so simple and you say you get your iPhone, you take Right. I mean there's still potential for it to go really wrong. (laughs) But I know that like iPhones have that anti shake thing. You can't tell me that even with that technology built in, that it's still going to be at a hundred percent. I mean, so I, and you have to go a little bit about like lighting and composure. You have to have some creative thought behind it. I think some of it is also just knowing what kind of tools are out there that are available to your use that make your videos yeah. better. I think Maddie, the, our social media guru, just did a blog on different tools that you can use, which you talked about earlier. I did. Right? I'm like <laughs> sitting here, I'm like, is there an echo? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but she talked about, like one of them was Boomerang, Boomerang which I know Instagram, yeah. Yeah, which I know I use. And it just it shows the video forward and backwards really quickly. Great for Instagram. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I think it's just being knowledgeable of what's out there. Yeah. The, another one that she mentioned was, um, something called party party where it's almost like you layer the video, layer your photos and it's kind of like a little stop animation thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just two of like probably thousands that are out there. My other question is, and we talked about this with a client yesterday, should you be uploading, you say you create all these videos, they're done, you have them, which is fantastic. But where do you publish them? Do you upload them to YouTube? Now Facebook is rumored because of all this video mm-hmm. time that people are spending. They want to create their own dedicated video platform for pages for users in general. So it, do you upload to YouTube? Do you... I mean, I for know... The time being, you do. I was going to say, I think that's still you, everybody's... I mean... Do you upload directly to Facebook? We talked about that. Because I Maddie was, would say you yeah, need to upload yes. directly natively. No, but I you, was, you, you had a great um, thing yesterday you talked about with um, she putting snippets on Facebook. Yeah. And then that leads out to the website, which is fantastic. Right. I mean, that's, well, and that's I think, a great new tactic. And I think our developers would say that, I mean, YouTube is a compressed file. So it's better for your website to, to have a compressed mm-hmm. image for a multitude of reasons at the same time, I, I'm not. I am not sure. Well, I use. I think of myself as a pretty typical Facebook user, mm-hmm. and I would say that yeah, I'll watch a video if it's in my feed, right? Especially because they start playing a lot of the times. Autoplay. Oh, the yeah. autoplay. But I'm not going to Facebook really to seek out 
videos. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, I wonder if how skewed that is because they do automatically play. Yeah. Are people really watching videos because they are Well, and think about, have you ever started watching a video and then you kind of get bored and you just scroll? scroll. It's still playing. Right. So I wonder. It's true. I wonder what those numbers are really. I did like, think that when how she many read people that are actually well. opening up the or videos just and watching like, them? Oh, it played in the feed, so that counts as like right. a viewing. Right. Happening. So I don't know, but I I definitely think, I think video was a a very big theme in 2015 for mm-hmm. even clients mm-hmm. for us, and I think 2016 now we have enough ideation behind it to actually put it into practice this year. It's I like agree. now we're looking for the term, but what is what is that short um, consumable video mm-hmm. called? Yeah, and we're looking we're almost looking for a best practice way to do it right, but concise enough that we can do a bunch of them at one time mm-hmm. to right. save time, to save money, and to be efficient. So right. because I'll, the SEO benefit of video is right, and the enormous. social benefit, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would just say that the I think the overall trend and where it's going has definitely just made it less intimidating right i feel like i feel like now i can tackle this and i don't have to like yeah right be in the know right yeah so that's what i got okay kimber we're gonna put you on the spot all right it's your it's your topic up next well first topic topic. so (laughs) i a lot of people in the seo community have noticed that there's been a lot of fluctuations at the beginning of january and Google announced that the Penguin update, which was um, for links, for bad linking, that you'll get penalized for it, was coming. And they told us in December that it was coming, it was coming, but they were going to hold off on it until January. So when all these fluctuations started happening, we were all like, is it Penguin? Penguin. Is it Penguin? Is it happening? And Matt Cutts, who is kind of the SEO PR front runner for Google, who took a sabbatical, is kind of back now, which was really exciting for us. Mm-hmm. He's very knowledgeable. He's really like a folk ah. hero. Yes, he is. Yeah, folklore, myth. Matt Cuts. Like Thor. Yes. Loved, loved by some, hated he's got, by many. He's got, he's got a great beard. So there is, there's always that. Is that new? Did he grow that over the sabbatical? I feel like I don't, I don't remember seeing him a beard. beard. Well, he's he like has one now. Like woods. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a cabin for a year. Just like <laughs> SEO. <laughs> oh, Yeah. So he came back and he said that the reason for the fluctuations is it's not Penguin yet, which is a good and a bad thing because that means we still have yet to see the new update. But what happened was that Google holds off. They freeze their algorithm in December to help retailers so they're not seeing fluctuations during... Really? That's great. Yeah, during the busy retail season. Wow. So they're actually... Google's trying to help... There's a love-hate relationship with Google. Yeah. For sure. But they were trying to help out retailers in December, so they froze everything. But they were still making updates to it. So now that January has started, they've unfrozen mm-hmm. the algorithm, and they're all coming at once. So that's where the fluctuations have come from. And I think that we can breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief, because the fluctuations weren't necessarily horribly negative. Right. Um, so that was a good thing. But have we seen any swings? Um, well, at the beginning of January, it, it was an upswing. Our December, our December reports for SEO and internet marketing clients, they were very good. Yeah. No matter if you were e-commerce or not. I think and, across the board. And even this Just month. Just in relation to the Google algorithm. Yeah. And this month you're even seeing, you know, we're not seeing any major dips either. Right, we're seeing an upwards trend. So that's great. Right. 
and which, which what happened last May, everybody got dinged. Oh my gosh. And oh, it, was, yeah. it was like a bloodbath. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now we're seeing it's all kind of steadied out a little bit. So now we're just holding our breath for Penguin to come again. And we know it's coming. We know it's coming. Dun, dun, dun. So that's that. Update on Matt Cutts and his so beard. What is, and his beard. <laughs> what is that anticipation, though? Like, what do you anticipate to happen when this new penguin really does come out? I mean, you would hope that if you have good linking structure, mm-hmm. that they're good links. They're not coming from, you know, bad directories. You're not getting them through fishy black hat SEO tactics. That your site should be fine and the fact that you should be raised. But a lot of the times you see... Sites that have bad links somehow getting up yes. to the top. Right. I mean, uh, that's what I want an algorithm to do. I want it to knock down the, the bad, bad guys. Sites. I know. Yeah, and that it usually never happens. I know. And Sometimes you do searches for things, and you get these websites that are just awful. Like, Why is this up here? Yeah. I know. I know. And it's it's frustrating from the SEO community. We don't, but Google, you know, they don't tell us much. So yeah. it's. But I think we put out a blog. I think last week about how to prepare for Penguin. Mm-hmm. And using Star Wars, naturally. Back to Star Wars again. Get away. I got yelled at for Star Wars last time. <laughs> Just saying. It actually turned into a fairly decent It's my New Year's resolution to be nice. Yeah. And I was the one that yelled at you. It's That's a, right. That's right. It was using an infographic from SEO land and just kind of sharing how to prepare for Penguin, making sure your link structure is good. Ultimately, at the end of the day... If you're doing the correct tactics, if you're trying to make sure your website is as clean and user-friendly as possible, you will see results. It's hmm. just, Did Matt it just Cuts takes time. Did come back like the first of the year? Cause... He was in a, they did an interview with him, a video, which he hasn't done in a really long time. Okay. So I don't think he's like back back with Google, but he's definitely he's def- easing mm-hmm. into it again, I think. Okay. Fascinating. All right. Yes. That's me. Thank you, Kimber. Thank you. All right, Kelly, you are up. Okay. Um, I'm bringing a public service announcement to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hold the presses. (laughs) Um, I want to talk about the difference between link bait Mm. and clickbait. Interesting. And the reason this came up is we were in a... (laughs) I'm not even sure I know the difference. Interesting. Yes, we didn't. So this is why. So we were in an internal meeting talking about um, some things that we can do in the new year for the tower site. And um, our SEO specialist, Shaw, said, well, I really want to create link bait for our site. And I know there were at least two or three of us that were like, no, no no way. Like, I'm not doing that. And he... It was like, what? General what? confusion yeah, he's on his like, face. like, you have to listen to me, so I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and I think many of us, when he brought up the term clickbait, our minds immediately went to um, 27 reasons why your sneakers smell terribly. Number 15 will blow your, your mind. mind. <laughs> I just saw one the we other day. We see those yeah. all over, and it's these, these horrible titles and these, like, oh, you'll never guess what happens next. Or, They're horrible titles, this is but why you have you to read always, it. You yeah, always click on them. Because you want to see what number 15 is. Yes. And it's usually, like, the stupidest yeah, one. Like, I just like, smell because you don't wash I them. I just so read one, like, clickbait. that's yeah. clickbait. Like, how much do celebrities actually weigh? I just read that one the other day. I don't know why. I was like, oh, I'm curious. This actor just said dot dot dot. Kimber, and then you're like, stop being part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Clickbait? No. No, okay. thank you. No, thank you. Linkbait, yes, as Shaw moved on to explain to us, is just creating really valuable, rich, kind of standalone pieces of content for your site. That, that are shareable. That are shareable. Yeah. That other um, people in your industry, other people in your community will get excited about and will want to share on their sites, ultimately linking back to you. Yeah. I expressed to Shaw that maybe they changed the name to take out the word bait because I don't know any situation fishing. where bait has a good is connotation to right, on yeah. the World Wide Web. But, no. So that is something that we'll be working on in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. um, creating some link bait, not click bait. For, um, Can't you argue that you would want both? You would want a piece of a content difference that between, has a great click yeah. uh, bait. There's a good way to do, and this was a, another topic that I was going to bring up. There's a, nut, there's a good way to do titles. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. That people want to click on. Yeah. Being a little clever. You think it's false. Uh, it's deceiving. Trying, it's right, not even deceiving. It's so formulaic at this point. I feel like people look at them Plus, and they're like shaking their head or like... Yeah. Plus, you, you always, anyway. whenever you I open don't it, click on them. I do. I do. I do. When I see something, Sorry, so no. like a celebrity one was like the worst dressed celebrities at the Golden Globes, and I was like, well, I have to click on it and yeah, see who the worst right. was. Oh, so well, something like that, but I don't but even. I don't even consider was, that clickbait though, clickbait. because when you open it, you know it's clickbait because the website is horrible. Yeah, it's always popping up with advertisements. Like every two seconds, you have to like back out of the advertisement so you yeah. can see the next slide. So clickbait is a bad term. It's a bad term. Yeah, you don't want clickbait. Okay. You don't want clickbait. No, you link want bait. link bait. And you want engaging titles, yes. But you don't want to pander, and you don't want to falsify, <laughs> right? And there's yeah. a way to do it, and that's what and we the right. sole reason yes. for a link bait, and the reason why you want link bait that's shareable is because if you're able, like for an infographic, for example, if you have the embed code available to anybody, and they use that code when they share it, it links back to your mm-hmm. site. So the whole purpose of link bait is to do good. Link right. building versus clickbait is just to get clicks and just it's, to drive traffic numbers. There's no up. goals behind yeah. it. It's just usually it's for advertisements, so there right. people mm-hmm. will see advertisements. So, the more you know, link baits over clickbaits. Yes, yes. always. Enjoy your day. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that yeah, rhymed no with links. <laughs> links before <clears throat> something. I'm not sure. No. no, I was going there. But I no, <laughs> stop myself. I was going there, but no. Um, so my topic is um, <clears throat> 2016 web design trends. Um, I don't know how much interaction everybody's going to have. And this is more my thing. Um, <clears throat> we go on. You underestimate us. I think yeah. we, have we like design. <clears throat> okay, cool. We have opinions. Way to be supportive. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> you don't so, know us. <laughs> So the first, the first of them is going to be um, basically, and, and this is almost true for 2015, was a lot of um, scrolling. Yes. I mean, webs, clients are still like, I, feel passionately I need to about have this. stuff above the, the yes. proverbial fold, yes. which does not exist anymore. Yes. The fold went away when everybody's computer screens got really big and... And really it, it small and 600 yeah. different right. sizes it and 600 of, different folds. It officially died when the phone came out. Yeah. And you could scroll, 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 scroll with your Preach, phone. Preach, Mike. Preach. So 
I feel so casual now. We're trying, trying to reinforce that here because we want to basically just say, look, be, just because you're, you know, super important information is not above that proverbial fold that people won't see it. They will. Matter of fact, there are, there's data out there that says stuff that's in the middle of the page gets seen more than the top because when people, especially with a phone, and I don't know how you guys search, but as soon as I get to a page, I'm already scrolling. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see the navigation. I want to see the... Well, the but at the same time, sorry. Go ahead. At the same time, while yes, people will scroll, I think the other thing is you don't have to fit everything right onto it's congested yeah it's overwhelming yes and it's going to make that user bounce and i not only i don't know i've i'm trying to figure out how to say this nicely happy medium that's my resolution but i mean i agree with you i don't think that website administrators give their users enough credit right to Mm -hmm. know that they're gonna scroll it's it's their reflex but even know that if if they didn't, if they get to the bottom of the page and they want to go back up to look at something, they will scroll back up. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put. Sure, if you have a super long page, using something like anchors on your page right. is helpful for your user. At the same time, they will move up and down a page if so they want give to. Your readers credit um, the opportunity. Credit. Yeah. Right, and I they're think they're smarter than you know we give them credit for. The other kind of going with that and the different screen sizes and the lack of fold is people like, you know, when we test websites or when we're, you know, showing clients design on, on their site, they might say, well, I can't see this call to action. I have to scroll to see the call to action. We might not be able to replicate that exact problem because our developer has a humongous screen. I'm working on a laptop. The client might be working on a tablet. So mm-hmm. because of responsive right. design, what we all see is not the same thing when we load a new page. And the thing is, if the user is engaged enough, they'll scroll. They'll scroll. Yeah. Right. I agree with you. So, as long as it is, is where your call to action button is, it's it's easily seen. They'll click on it. Right. They so just will. really just write good content. And that's right. what it kind of comes back to. Yeah. <laughs> write good content and trust your user that they know what to do and how to use a yeah. web page. So there <clears throat> I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda um, skip because there's tons of them. There mm-hmm. are lots of trends. But I think one that's really, really important and this will actually have a little historic value because like in the early 2000s, people were designing things that looked very tactile. Like mm-hmm. you could, you had glossy buttons and things mm-hmm. like that looked 3D and yeah. which actually had a lot of um, merit at the time because people weren't used to clicking on things mm-hmm. and people were trying to entice people to mm-hmm. click on them. Mm-hmm. But there was a backlash to that. And then everything went flat. flat. Mm-hmm. Yes. Logos went flat. Interfaces yep. went flat. Yes. And everything got very simple, which is good because phones weren't great at um, digesting all that information. Mm-hmm. So you had to do something that was very simple and gradients were um, higher um, file sizes. Mm-hmm. So just washing all that away and kind of going to a flat design made a lot of sense. So now here's the it's other backlash. <laughs> It's not. It's not actually going back to like the glossy, but it's going to take a half step back. And Google is actually the one pioneering this, which is just fascinating. Um, it's called material design, and it's basically what they're calling the emergence of um, card-style interfaces. 
So, and they have this thing so rigged. Um, so you've seen Pinterest, which everything's very yes. blocky. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what it is. They call those cards. But the thing is, when these things build, they're trying to get designers to try and see things in a, um, a Z-axis, which is um, see it from the side. And okay. all these cards slide over mm-hmm. top of each other as they're building. And that's the way a lot of websites build, like a lazy load. We always yes. talk about how those things kind of come up as cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they're trying to get designers to do is start overlapping things. And you know, the, the, the audience can't see this, but I'm pointing at some <laughs> tower website designs that we have on our board. But some of the things that we had in there were starting to overlap we, already. Yes. We're, and drop shadows are coming back. We're actually launching a website in a few months, mid-March. And we presented the test site to the client yesterday. They sell products that are very unique in their own way. They sell brushes. Okay. Multitude of brushes. I saw that. I thought that site was fantastic. product page. So they have a category page, a subcategory page, and then the actual product photography. They did have photography, which was probably the best thing they ever did. On their subcategory pages... It's pictures of their product, their brushes. They actually, they're still in the grid mm-hmm. of the site, but they come above. They uh-huh. bust out, right. And they look 3D. Right. And one of the client, one of the the members of the client's team, when we were presenting it, said, is that supposed to happen? Because it's so, it's New. unexpected. New. Yeah. And we said, yes, we that is actually by design. It's in the grid. It's supposed to look that way. It was actually designed to be to right. pop off the page. Which you don't see that much. No, and it's a fantastic site. It's a really well done website. Yeah, and it's got great photography. And yeah. here's another thing we keep saying we can make the greatest website in the world, but if you have poor photography, mm-hmm. it makes the website look poor. Yeah. Well, and so, I feel yeah. like with great photography, you have so much more ability to create images like that and to to you know use photoshop and use design to really original photography right yeah yeah i think the last thing that i kind of want to point out and i think this is something you know that we should really concentrate on is and i'm sure everybody's going to jump in on this one every all websites now are becoming very formulaic Mm. you know big hero image three images across (sighs) the bottom you know so What's going to be big for 2016 is basically a challenge to designers is how do we bust out of that? Right. How do we make things look unique? Um, You know, you can do that with a lot of different things like typography. Um, It's funny because when I was in school, they're like, don't use any more than two um, typefaces. Yeah. Now it's like use as many as you can. Why? I have a question about that. Because they're free, which is a terrible way to drive it. But that's what it is. That is the reality of what it. What would a developer say to that best. designer? If you're a designer oh. and you've got five different fonts, what's your developer going to say to you? say it's going to load too slow. Correct. Right. So I, what's I, that So what's that? It's medium? so funny that you say that because I actually heard a developer say to a designer this morning, are you looking for more fonts? Yes. <laughs> I, heard, I heard the pre-conversation yesterday when that same developer said to that designer... Are you kidding? There's seven <laughs> fonts in these design comps. And she said, I there I'm only using two in there though. We've we changed through the process. So that's so I can understand the struggle like, is real. Right. Yeah. So I can understand breaking that mold and using different it's interesting from a user standpoint, but from a development standpoint, is that actually realistic for fast websites? 
and good SEO. Yeah. Well, Kimber, I'm sure you. I mean, you will agree that we the have that website co- is an SEO. Oh my gosh, it's it's a, one of the top right. SEO factors right. is the fast site. Right. We have another client who uses the different font types, and it's Kimber's client, and we're exploring the one font type. I was like, are you talking is about? It's not other necessarily <laughs> readable. And it's actually, like, Kimber is actually seeing some kind of hesitation from a Google SEO standpoint. Because you have to based have on font. user readability. Based on font. Yeah. User You're readability. Kidding. Yeah. It's an incredibly cursive font. It, it's, right. It's yes. difficult to read. It, because so, it also, it, because it's, it's a factor of bounce rate, too. If people come on and the and first thing they see okay. is this crappy font yeah, that they can't that. read. Um, so, yeah, everything plays, I mean, everything plays a factor at, at some level, but... Um, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that's just a testament why you have to have an SEO involved in design. The from designer, the yeah, from obviously the, the designer is leading it, is the site architecture person. But having the input of SEO, having the input of a developer, it's the only way you're going to end up with a product that is actually it's, successful. It's a lot harder. I'm I'm running into this this problem now with a client where the hierarchy of the pages don't make a lot of sense from a user standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, Google will be able to follow it because there is internal linking, but I'm pulling up pages. I'm like, why is this page listed under this? This makes no sense. But I can't go back through and change the whole hierarchy or all the links will be broken. So then you have to start an internal linking campaign, and that's very right. time-consuming. Right. So, or a redesign. Or, oh, which is right. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, you know, it's very important to right. be there from the very beginning. The last trend that, that I have um, is, and this is going to segue very nicely back into what Alyssa said, was just video, mm-hmm. the incorporation of video, video backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but even um, to the point where we're doing simple, what they call micro-interactions, um, when you roll over buttons, how do things work, mm-hmm. um, you know, just a the little box. subtle details like is also what box. gives a website personality. Yeah. Yes. Um, and when you can kind of incorporate like animated GIFs and mm-hmm. videos and um, just those slight little movement, even with like CSS, like um, where Chris will just call, you know, cowboy code. Yeah. Cowboy code. <laughs> that is my new favorite. De- <laughs> side note. Code. That's my new favorite development term that we learned yesterday from our new developer. And cowboy coding, awesome. as I understand it, is basically like if they they would prefer obviously like to in this case to work through FTP and and to make the changes that way, but if it's something that absolutely needs to be done based on like a time frame, like it has to go up by five mm-hmm. o'clock or it has to go up by mm-hmm. noon, they can cowboy code it onto the site. So they can pretty much saddle on to the site and do what they yeah. need to do. Wild, wild west of coding. And get Here the job come. done. No pun intended. It's fantastic. It's my That's new favorite amazing. development term. Cowboy coding. I w- what I was just... Back to the real story. No, I mean, cowboy coding. <laughs> it's a fun word. It's fun. Um, as Mike was talking, I was. it just seems like it's having a site that there's some thought behind. And it's each yeah. piece, there's some thoughtfulness. And to, and I guess then to speak to clients, it's that thoughtfulness that allows us not to like right. finish a website in 30 days. Yeah. That's, well, it's, it's all those little thoughtful right. pieces mm-hmm. right. that 
And I think we're doing a good job. I, I We continue to, to de- develop our development process, but especially now, we I think we've always been very thoughtful about the front end, the user side, but I think now we are also very aware of how an admin is going to use in the back end. So I know like on a recent website that those guys were developing, it was very like, well, I don't want to... I don't want to create it this way because when the client say they want to add a blog down the road, if we do it this way now, they won't be able to manage mm-hmm. that blog. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think being thoughtful on both ends mm-hmm. is really yes. um, important. Great. Well, I think we learned a lot about um, about video and Matt cuts his beard and <laughs> link bait slash click bait um, and some design trends. So. Um, I'm out of coffee. And you're out of coffee? can go now. <laughs> we are slightly going off routine here because After Hours was actually shot at 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. So. Secrets out. Sorry. Secrets out. Myth busted. Right. <laughs> but you can listen to it After Hours. Right. Um, We're before hours. Any right? Oh, I, had, I just had this perfect thing about like, I was going to come up with some catchy clickbait title about that, but... Yeah, you're going to clickbait this podcast. <laughs> Find out what happens when you run out of coffee. Number three is really great. <laughs> All right, there so you go. until click, uh, click Tower, ep- Tower After Hours uh, episode four, which will be in February, um, we're going to sign out. Bye. Bye. Peace out.